Welcome to the Actor and the Actuary, as we two guys in opposite states talk about our careers, our life in completely two different worlds, as we try to figure out what the heck's going on, who we are, what we're doing, and if it means something. Good evening, Jeff. Greetings and hello. Hello, hello. Uh, how are you doing this, this fine night? I am doing fine on this fine night. Thanks for asking. Wow. How about yourself? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I haven't slept really well the last few weeks besides the last few nights. So I, I've slept pretty well the last few nights and I feel I'm feeling good. So maybe, maybe you'll hear a little bit more about that in a bit. Well, I want to ask you a question about that. Can I ask you a question? I guess. What are you drinking? What are you drinking? What are you drinking? That's not about that, but all right. Well, <clears throat> I've got, you're never going to guess, uh, I have in my hands. Blue daiquiri. <laughs> no, this is a cab sab. Oh. This is a, I know, I'm taking a page out of your out of your playbook here. This is a West Cape Gold. Mm. Um, it is a wine from South Africa wow. in honor of the Omicron variant. All right. Uh, good. What do you got over there, Jeff? Uh, I have a Goose Island IPA. Ooh. Yeah, that's good. I've had that. A goosey goose. Yeah. A lipa. Yeah. Down is it uh, is it nice and hoppy? Yeah. Oh yeah, it's an ipa. Huh. All right. Good. I'm glad to hear it. All right, we've got some more mail here. Uh, I love mail. <laughs> that's not why you love me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, this one is uh, this one's from the boss. Like a boss. Oh yes, I keep the bank rolling. Uh, this one might uh, give give away some of the nature of who the boss is, but that's okay. He's the one that wrote in. So uh, the boss says, I love all caramel rolls. I don't know what happened to make you think that I don't like yours. So whatever it was, I'm sorry. And also you realize it was your family that had those polar bears that you were talking about. Um, I don't know if you remember, we were talking about like yeah. Santa bears. Yeah. Appar apparently my family had them. I don't, I, I don't know. That doesn't sound familiar. Oh, you guys were the Santa bear family? I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> yeah. Okay. See, there you go. Well, I guess the boss knows, knows what's up. All right. Well, also uh, the boss just really knows your family. Well, yeah, I mean, that's really amazing. Weird, yeah. That is weird. Yeah. Well, yeah. thanks for the clarification. The boss, uh, appreciate it. That leads me into my first question of the night, which is a second time around, Aaron. Um, you've already asked your first question, so second. Oh yeah, my second question is, um, a second time around. Is that why you're not sleeping? Second time around. That's right. Yes, I am the the proud father of two boys now uh so joshua dale was born uh just uh a lick over three weeks ago so wow. yeah since then you know getting some of the newborn sleep patterns which means uh you know not getting a ton of sleep having to to hold that uh hold that babe a good portion of the night uh not wanting to sleep on his own uh mm -hmm. now i know that's not everyone's experience but that was certainly my experience with henry and it is has been my experience with joshua as well but mm -hmm. that aside it has been awesome it's been really really fun having a new addition to the family yeah well congratulations uh thank you, thank you. 
you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm close behind you, but, uh, my, yeah, I guess I don't know totally what to expect. Like you said, like, I, I know what the first one was. I remember not sleeping much. I remember like intense rocking in the middle of the night and like trading off evenings with my wife and like, yep. you know, a half night sleeps here. Like this child is not on a routine. Like what's happening. This eats all the time. She just, you know, whatever. So mm-hmm. what is it like for you this second time around? Yeah, I and I remember lots of people telling me about it as the, as the uh, due date was approaching too. What their experience was, and you know, invariably people will say like, "Oh yeah, the the second one it, having two is a lot harder than one," or "Oh yeah, have that, the second time you do it, it's much easier than the first time." You know, and of course people give different answers. Right. Uh, for for me, I would say like, yeah, you you forget about how little sleep you get and that whole trading off you know, with, with your wife, like, okay, you, you do it for two hours and then I'll go sleep and vice versa. You forget about that. You forget about how tired you get for that. And, uh, now that I'm, I've been going through it, it seems pretty much exactly the same, Mm. um, as it was with my first with Henry. Uh, the thing that does seem different though, is during the daytime. Um, I seem to remember even in the daytime, it just being very difficult with Henry, like, uh, and I think that's just because you've never been a parent, like you've never really had the responsibility yeah. to care for someone. Uh, and you know, now Henry's four and a half been doing that for, uh, you know, a while. And so that, that, uh, you know, that that's already there. So that part is not hard. Turns out, uh, Joshua at least is extremely easy to take care of during the day. Like no problem at all. Like, you know, even you can either hold them or put them in a little rocker or something. And he's fine. Like no work at all. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Yeah. So that, that has been going really well. Now what's more difficult is, is actually, uh, Henry yeah, at this the, stage, the 54 month old. Yeah. <laughs> the 54 month old. That was some quick math there. Very nice. Very nice. Thanks. Um, yeah, because, you know, he's used to getting 100% of the attention, right? And now all of a sudden, we're paying a whole lot of attention to this little baby. And we're trying to still make sure that he feels special. Um, and, you know, a baby, an infant in their first two months, you really don't want him to get sick because they don't have a great immune system. And so you're trying to not go in public that much, not have a lot of kids over to the house, things like that, which means that Henry gets pretty bored on days that he's not at school. It's Hmm. like, okay, I got to be at home and you know, I'm just with my parents and you know, we're tired from not sleeping. And so he wants to play these imaginative games with us. Like, you know, let's play Paw Patrol or PJ masks. And it's like, I can't, I have no energy to do that, but I, you know, try to make an effort to do that. But it's, you know, I, I find it's, it takes a lot more energy uh, with him than, than it does at all with Joshua. Yeah. I mean, you don't have the, uh, the opportunity to kind of have a little bit of downtime in the, the, the rest that the baby will take in the middle of the day that you did the first time around, because right. those little nice afternoon naps when you're not, you know, you're on a paternity leave right now. So those you would just steal with the baby. Yep. Um, and now it's like, you got Henry running around playing imaginative Paw Patrol. Yep. He's like, come on, daddy. And you're like, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> exactly. That's like, hard. Can we play Pictionary or can we draw or can I read you a book? You know, I, I can only put him in front of the TV for oh yeah, so long before feeling guilty. So, yeah. Um, yeah. 
but yeah, like, I, I mean, the, it's certainly a lot easier to go from, in my opinion, to go from one to two than it was to go from zero to one. Uh, but yes, the days where he's at preschool, very helpful because then he's getting a lot of attention there and he's, you know, he loves it at preschool. And then we, you know, have a little bit of a, of a break here as well. But one of the fun things that, uh, that has come out of me having some paternity leave here is that I've gotten to take Henry on some adventures as we call them. So, mm-hmm. you know, we we're making a concerted effort to like have time where just I take Henry out and we go do something fun or just Jess takes Henry out and does something fun uh, to make it, you know, to make it more fun for him. And so yeah. that has been really fun too. Like that, I never get to do that during the day because um, I'm usually at work. So that's, that's been great. Well, that's special. We have a, a similar thing that we call, basically it's when the other person is needing to work or is out or in a Bible study or in a, like a girl's night or something, we call it daddy date night or mommy date night or something yeah, that specializes yep. the, the fact that there's only one. So it doesn't seem mm-hmm. like it's, oh, mommy's not here or daddy's not here, but it's special that just daddy's here or just mommy's here. And so yep. now like tonight, for example, every Monday night before this, Jack's in back to back to back um, sessions. And so, uh, therapy sessions. So I'm, you know, finishing dinner, Jack goes into session. I, th- I take ever through all nighttime routine and bath and, uh, reading. And, um, in the, when the first trials of doing that, we didn't know what to call it. And she was so upset, but now it's like daddy date night. And she's like, okay, bye mommy. Like daddy date night, more daddy mm-hmm. date night. And it's like, so amazing. But now trying to figure out like, gosh, how do, how do you juggle that with another girl or another boy? You know, like mm-hmm. I, that's tricky. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I, I assume like, it, is Jack going to take some time off from work? Yeah, um, she's, yeah, she's going to take, uh, most likely she's actually going to take off, uh, once the new year hits, um, until okay. July. Um, oh, wow. Okay. So that's she's going to take basically three months prior and three months after, um, one, because doing therapy when you're so pregnant in your third trimester is just not comfortable, but also we had kind of decided that it's, it seems important to spend those final three months, like really investing into ever when mm-hmm. it's the last three months of just one before that second time around comes. And then, like you said, the relationship has to change, um, and hopefully in the end, obviously for the better, and then you have a, a sibling running around, but in those first few months, it's going to be hard for, for Henry. It's gonna be hard forever to kind of adapt to this new life, even though she's excited about baby, baby, baby coming, but mm-hmm. she doesn't know what that means. Right. Right. Yeah. I know one thing, sh- shout out to all the, the people in, in our life who, uh, who, you know, if, if they gave Joshua a gift, they also came with something for Henry. Mm -hmm. Uh, They made him feel special. He got a lot of big brother gifts. That's awesome. And so like, that's just like good positive reinforcement. Like, Oh, new baby comes like I'm part of it. And I'm, you know, I get to be involved in it. And, um, you know, so that, that, that was really cool. Um, you know, one of the things that, my grandma got him was a very loud whistle, which oh I appreciate the uh, sentiment, but uh, I did have to hide that. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> oh, uh, but yeah, for sure. Yeah, like that's, and that was the same thing with Henry. He was excited, but you don't really know what to expect until, uh, you know, they, they don't know what to expect until the baby's actually here. And then, um, you know, like I would say, 
many times in this last three weeks, Henry has said, you know, I don't like Joshua, you mm. know, uh, because it's not the same and he's yeah. not, you know, it's things are different mm-hmm. at the same time, even more times he said, I really like Joshua, uh, yeah. but it's, you know, it's hard and you can tell he's a lot more emotional and he's a lot more moody. It's just, it's a big change. And yeah. so, yeah, I guess my recommendation to you would just be, you know, be sensitive to that and, uh, uh, get, give her grace during that time as well. Cause it's, it's probably pretty challenging. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he's most likely saying, I don't like this change. I don't like what's happening. And maybe on those times that he's saying, I like Joshua is because the family time is really good or there's something mm-hmm. really cool that's happened together and mm-hmm. they just don't know how to distinguish the two, but yeah, yeah, that's good advice. I think we're trying to navigate, you know, as a family, what it looks like to, to keep ever excited about it and to, and to try and like, we're really big on to explaining what the expectations are before they come. Mm-hmm. Um, so that when that situation comes, like, for example, we recently just started uh, introducing her to a babysitter and like what, what happens when you, a babysitter shows up, but you haven't given that kid enough of an understanding of what's about to come next week or about to come in four days or about to come two days or tonight, or, you know, then they have an expectation of like, oh, we've been talking about this for a long time. And so we have found that it works really well with ever to really kind of communicate that over a length of time that well, Grammy and grandpa are coming. And so when they come in next month or two weeks next to, you know, there's an understanding of, oh yeah, we've been talking all about this and I'm excited. So we're trying to do that with baby. And I think even a little bit more um, recently to, to hope that, you know, when that change comes, there's already been conversation about it because we, we find that it actually works even when going and putting her down to sleep. If we say she's really upset, like I want to keep listening to music or I want to read another book. It's like, we, we established just so you know, we're only going to do two books tonight. Okay. Well, just remember that was one book. We only have one left. Oh, I'm sorry. We're not going to do another one because remember we said two books and we always repeat it. How many books did we say? Two, two. That's right. Absolutely. So how many was that? Two, two. That's right. Okay. So it's time for sleep. So that kind of positive reinforcement of like, Hey, remember we had a conversation. Hey, remember when you echoed that back to me, there's a, there's such an understanding and depth to children that I think we count out because of their lack of vernacular, but they're so aware Um, like you said, he's so aware of his emotions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that definitely does help giving those expectations. And yeah, that, that is so true. If you tell, if you tell your child earlier in the day about what's going to happen, they're going to be, they're going to have so much of an easier time with it. Yep. Um, uh, unless I'll caveat that, unless you talk about something really exciting, then all you're going to hear for the next X hours is how long until that really exciting thing. <laughs> or if that exciting thing somehow drops the ball. I oh, literally yeah. was so ever, she was so upset. And I was like, don't worry, guess what? We're almost at dinner and guess what we're going to have. And I like, went through all of the dinner meal. I was like, and we're going to have watermelon. And she's like, she loves watermelon right now. It's like her favorite thing. So she's like, watermelon, watermelon, like freaking out, like jumps in her chair, stoked to eat it. And I go to open the fridge and we have no watermelon. 
And then, so I'm like in Jackson session and I'm like trying to figure out like, Oh my gosh, we have no watermelon. And so we go through like a very tearful dinner just because the expectation was then missed and mm. she didn't have any watermelon. And so the whole time I could not get her out of it because I'd set this bar of like, don't worry, we're going to do this amazing thing. And I just missed the mark. And so Jack finally comes out and I like rushed to the store and get a watermelon and I come back and she's like, T- tears have dried on her face. Like watermelon. <laughs> like, I'm here. I'm here. But like, oh my gosh, it works when it works and it, it drastically backfires when it doesn't. Oh yeah. That, that reminds me of, I took, we took Henry to the mall of America for his fourth birthday. Uh, mall of America is this mall in the bold North for those of you that haven't heard of it. Bold North. And uh, there's an amusement park there in the middle. And uh, Henry went there uh, before all this COVID stuff and he loved it. And he's been wanting to go back ever since. And so uh, it was open again and we were going to take him back for his birthday and even his friends, um, Liam and Sawyer, we're going to surprise him there. Uh, and so we got there, he, he knew about it and we got there and he was so excited and his friends surprised him. And then we, we got up to buy tickets and, uh, turns out they were limiting the number of people that were allowed in there. And so (laughs) we were not able to go in. Uh, luckily, uh, you know, we, we pulled an audible and went to the, I don't remember what sea life, the underwater aquarium thing and salvaged it somewhat, but that was like a moment of, Oh no, we've been building this up all day. So uh, you're right. That is the danger for sure. But yeah. And I think, you know, in general, you can do that with yourself too. Like you can, if you've got a big change or you've got something coming up, like even giving yourself some expectations, like not high expectations, but like, Hey, things are going to be different. And, uh, thinking through some of that stuff before it happens, I think can help, uh, that can help me with, with any transition that's coming too. Uh, so for example, I think this time the sleep deprivation was still very difficult. Uh, but it was a lot easier than the first time because I kind of knew to expect it. I knew it was coming and I was like, well, I hardly even remember it from the first time. So it can't be that bad. Mm. You know, I'll, I'll get through it. Um, so yeah, I would say that's something you can use on, on yourself too. Or with a spouse or a friend, like exactly what we're doing. Right. So I have my second time around coming in March and this is good for me knowing that, Hey, you just went through it for the first time, a second time. Uh, <laughs> and I'm going to be going through it a first time for a second time. And now I have a little bit of a framework of what you've experienced. Mm-hmm. And so I think pulling that around with, yeah, have some positive reinforcement of yourself, check in with yourself. What am I thinking? What am I processing? What are my expectations? And then if you can extrapolate that from yourself and tell it to somebody, tell it to your, to your spouse, tell it to a, a close friend or a, or a family member who you talk with on the regular and, and process what you're, what you're thinking, what you're saying. And I think that just verbalizing so many things to yourself, if you're going to do it to yourself, I actually think, say it out loud. I think sometimes Hmm. our minds can um, distract a little bit, but when we verbally process, or when we like, for example, verbally say scripture out loud or verbally pray out loud, instead of just internal, I think that sometimes gives a little bit more of a weight to what you're doing than what you can get away from. And so even if you're doing it with yourself, I would say go in a room and like try to audibly process. I find that that actually is very helpful in staying focused and hearing yourself say it normalizes it and gives you a little bit more of a, 
an honest interpretation of what you're feeling because now you're saying it. And I think it's also a, creates a little bit of a, a vulnerability and uh, whether it's with somebody or yourself that you're willing to, to go there and, uh, and be vulnerable. I think it's kind of hard to do, at least for me, uh, with other, with other guys like, okay, sure. We're doing it now because this podcast is kind of intentional. <laughs> um, and we, you know, the point is to talk about this stuff, but I'm just thinking like, if I went out for a beer with somebody, I don't, I don't know how much I dive into it. Like there's the tendency for me to say like, well, you know, I'm, I, I'm a man. I'll, I'll figure it out. I don't need your help to, <laughs> to know what to expect. Like you did it. I'm sure I'll be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if, if you, uh, if you ever have that as well, but I know that's definitely something that keeps me from doing that. Well, I think intentionality is something that men don't generally, uh, have strengthened because I think intentionality comes with the focus of what the resolution can be or what they can get from it and grow from it. For example, if we had just started this podcast without having any kind of conversation before it, just, Hey, let's just record us talking. We, we probably wouldn't have set the stage with the intentionality of going deep. Right. And I think that was from the very beginning is like, we wanted it to be different to where we talked a little bit deeper than we'd normally had in the past. And I think if you can set the stage of beer night, Tuesday night at B-dubs, uh, B-dubs, not the moniker B-dubs, the restaurant. And I think it's important <laughs> to, to basically say, Hey, let's do beers weekly or monthly. And let's do it on Tuesday at this place with the intention of let's talk about family. Let's talk about hardship. Let's talk about whatever. And you set the intentional stage of what that beer night Tuesday night looks like. And now you both have gone into an agreement of the intention of those conversations and it can already start at a different level. And I think that's, what's really been good for this, this conversation that we're recording, but also what I think people strive for and want in this life is to have more vulnerable conversations, whether you realize it or not, we, we all want that. There's something that we unearth in ourselves that makes things so much easier when we can verbally process. And I think that starts, especially with guys being more intentional about the groundwork before you even open your mouth. And you're honoring your, your friend, you're building them up when you are asking them about something you're saying, Hey, I, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, in a way you're saying I'm proud of the way that you did it. I Mm -hmm. want some insight from you. And it's like, it's like the, giving a compliment, uh, you know, again, guys don't really give compliments to each other, but it's like a way to give a compliment to somebody is to ask them about how they did something or how, you know, if they have any advice, it's basically saying, I respect you and I want to do it. I want to, you know, do this in some similar aspect to the way you did it. And so you're really honoring your friend by doing that. And, uh, I think that's a really cool thing that it's hard for me to do sometimes. I think we've probably talked about this before, but, uh, so, so many times you want to compare and you want to say like, oh man, am I doing better than they are? Yeah. But no, just build people up. Just, yep. you know, like you, you need to have that mindset that others are, um, well, you, they are knocking it out of the park, you know, you said in a previous episode about having a shared vision in accountability. I think it was, we were talking about sharing the vision together. I share that vision with Aaron. You share that vision with Jeff of like, what is your vision? What is your intention on what you're hoping to get out of whatever it is you're doing? You share that you tell them the vision and then they support you. They root you on and they're on your team as opposed to, Hey, I'm in comparison against you or somebody else. 
you just now have somebody in your corner, you know, you, you have somebody ready to, to, to help you through whatever the difficulty gets thrown at you and what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And that's not weakness. That's like, you're stronger together. Um, again, I just think that again, I, at least personally, I feel programmed sometime to be like, Hey, I'm strong on my own. I'm independent. I can do this, but, uh, just because you can do it doesn't mean that that's the best way to do it. And that's the easiest way to do it. So, uh, you know, why not, why not help your friends and let your friends help you? Well, I appreciate you, uh, you helping me through, you know, the second time around. Um, um, luckily I'm going, uh, after you. So thanks for setting the stage for, for me. Um, sorry, we didn't have the conversation uh, or I didn't have a second kid before you did to help you out, but you know, I guess you could have asked somebody else. Maybe you did. Did you? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a trickle down effect. It is the trickle down effect. That's right. Uh, Reaganomics right there. Uh, well, if you're going through it or you want to process it, or you want to just share any, uh, vulnerable things with us, uh, Aaron's going to hit you with the email. Yeah. That would be the actor in the actuary at gmail.com. We need some more monikers. Hit us up. we got a couple coming, a couple coming. Oh, you know um, what? I got a, I got a heads up today. Ooh. I, apparently at one point we said, Hey, it'd be cool if we had a weatherman as a moniker. Uh-huh. Uh, I just got some Intel today that there is a weatherman that has listened to some of our episodes. Ooh. And so, uh, well, good. Well, so there's something in the forecast. Uh, okay. <laughs> there you go. Uh, well, thanks for tuning in. Um, I'm Jeffrey Larson, the actor. And I'm Aaron Sorbel, the actuary. Thanks for listening. And, uh, if you did not like it, uh, just listen to it again the second time with the right expectations and then it won't be so bad. <laughs>